Do you believe? All bets are finally back on after a brief hiatus in which I left you all hanging for about 10 days. But I was over in Europe, spent some time in Italy on a little family trip, and then popped over to Dublin for the Northwestern Nebraska game. And let me tell you, it was quite the experience being there for the game. I mean, Dublin, what a perfect setting for football. Honestly, it was awesome. So many pubs, bars to pop in and out of. And then being a Northwestern alumni and a fan, being able to watch them win that game was uh, was pretty special. I, I tweeted a couple things throughout the week, and one of them was just how much I love sports. It's so cool to be walking down the streets of another country, see someone in purple, and everyone's yelling, go Cats. It's one of those things that, you know, really uh, uh, brings people all together in a way that not too many other things do. I was having a conversation with someone. I'm trying to think of, like, what else really brings people around the world together Uh, In the same way that sports does, in which you can be in a completely different country, different continent, uh, and see someone with your team's logo or colors on and immediately be, (laughs) I guess, friends with them or allies with them. Maybe music a little. I guess in some of the pubs they were playing, you know, Sweet Caroline and some of those songs that everyone knows. And of course, that unites the entire bar. So music can do that a little bit, but there's something pretty special about sports. Going into that Northwestern Nebraska game, I was on the under in that game. That clearly didn't work out too well for me. I wanted to take Northwestern, but I was worried that I was just kind of being a homer, being I am alumni, and thought that they would be able to hang with the Huskers, but they did far more than that. Uh, Won that game outright. Not quite sure what Scott Frost was thinking with that onside kick. I think everyone in the stadium was wondering what he was thinking. But worked out well for Northwestern fans and that team. That was kind of the turning point of that game. There's also a gentleman sitting next to me and his son. And after the game with Northwestern won, they were both crying. It was awesome. Sports are just the greatest to see. So much passion behind the game, even for people who they didn't know anyone on the team personally. They didn't have family. Uh, it was just a, such a cool atmosphere to be in. And all the beer was free. The credit card machines went out, well, the internet went out at Aviva Stadium. And so I walked up to get a couple beers, and I was all ready to pay in line, waited. And I get up there, and and the woman working behind the counter, she says, well, we'll take cash, or everything's just free. And I genuinely did not have any cash on me, because it was cashless that day. Uh, So we got all our beers for free, food for free, everything but merch was basically free. And it was, that place was entirely cleaned out by the middle of the third quarter. So got to had to get your drinks in early, but it was it was just overall just such a fun fun day, fun atmosphere and just great experience to be a part of. Again, I feel very fortunate that I was able to be over there for that. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie, I neglected the WNBA over the past uh, 10 days. It was partly a really nice break from sports to be in a different part of the world and experiencing different cultures and and take a break from the day-to-day of sports and honestly just everything going on in the world they kind of checked off of social media for a good majority of it and didn't read the news and really just tried to relax and be present in where I was I got to spend time with my family that I don't get to see a whole lot in a cool cool part of the world and so I didn't put a whole lot of thought into the WNBA or sports over these last 10 days but at the same time I did miss it I felt completely out of sync with everything that was going on 
Uh, I logged on to Twitter just a couple of times just to check things out or check scores on my ESPN app. And I I was just all over the place. I couldn't figure out when games were starting. I would see Thursday, but Thursday at 3 a.m., which means by the time I woke up on Thursday, games were complete. And it was just kind of all over the place. So part of me really loved the fact that I got to get away from it. Part of me missed it a ton. But all of me is very glad to be back and excited to continue on this podcast and to get this thing really rolling and cranking out on a consistent basis. Basis. I can tell you consistency is the word of September. That's going to be uh, something that I strive to do throughout this month and going forward with this podcast. So with that said, let's take a look at the two WNBA playoff games that we have today. Game two for both the sun and the sky and the storm and the aces. We'll start with the early game, which is Connecticut and Chicago in Chicago. Now, Connecticut won this first game 68-63. Total ended at 131, which was extremely low. The closing total for that game, 163.5, so a 32.5 point difference, which is crazy because during the regular season, all... Most of the games were up in the 160s. That's where the line was set at, uh, around 164, 165 for most of those games. So to see this one go under by so far was a little surprising, I think, for both teams and betters as a whole. The Sun won that game down the stretch, fourth quarter. They made a ton of plays in the final minutes, but they really won that game with balanced scoring. I mean, Dewana Bonner led with 15 points. She had nine rebounds. Alyssa Thomas, 12 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists. She was close to a triple-double. Then you had Jonquil Jones and Brianna Jones, both with 12 apiece. So, I mean, when you think about that team, you think Jonquil Jones is, is their biggest threat and best player. Well, you know what? All of those players were within the 12 to 15 point range, and that's how you win a basketball game and a playoff game is with that type of balanced scoring. They also did a great job at not fouling a whole lot. Chicago really wants to get to the free throw line quite a bit, but they only fouled seven times and um, kept that a point of emphasis to keep the sky off the free throw line, which I think was a huge component in that win. Sky on their end, they missed a lot of shots around the rim. Those are shots that they usually make. And that's not to say that that Connecticut didn't deserve to win this game. They were the better team that night. But those are shots that Chicago's going to make in the majority of those games. And I think that those are shots that they'll, they'll make tonight. Candace Parker, 19 points, 18 rebounds, four steals, six blocks. What a stat line for her. Six blocks. This guy had 10 total blocks in that game, which is crazy. I think that's that's a record, I want to say. Uh, but a season-low 63 points for Chicago. They also just shot 35.3%, which is their lowest percentage in a playoff game since 2014. So you can imagine that in this next game coming out, there's going to be a little bit more variance and, and things are going to regress back to the mean for Chicago. Allie Quigley, Courtney Vandersloot also didn't have very solid games. Quigley was just 3 of 10 and 0 of 5 from three-point land. And Vandersloot, Vandersloot rather, uh, only had five points, two of eight, two assists. Her assist numbers are usually up. So just overall not a complete game for the Chicago Sky, but I think we get a bounce back from them tonight. The lines for this game are set at Chicago minus five right now, and the total is at 163 and a half, juice just a little bit, minus 113 to the under. Play I like in this game, though, is the first quarter. I like Chicago to cover in that first quarter, minus one, minus one and a half uh, at some places. This is going to need to be a bounce-back performance for Chicago. We saw that in the first series against the Liberty. They lost game one, bounced back big time in game two. They won the first quarter by 21 points in game two against New York, and I think we see a similar story again tonight. 
This guy want to play on the run. They love to get out in transition. And James Wade, their head coach, said after the game that they didn't do that all that well in that first game against Connecticut. And that's going to be a point of emphasis for them moving forward. So I think we see that right out of the gate today. Uh, and so I like uh, this guy to cover uh, minus one, minus one and a half, depending on your book, in this first quarter. I also did like the Skies team total over that's creeped up a little bit though at the time of this recording now it is sky 84 and a half not an official play there i think i would play on the over but I'm, I'm i'm hesitating on pulling the trigger right now the under is juiced minus 124 so books are maybe wanting you to lean a little bit more towards the under but i think if we see a chicago sky team that comes out the way that they have been all season and and can get out in transition, finish around the rim a little bit better than they did in that first game. I think we see a team that puts up quite a bit of points today. In the regular season against uh, Connecticut, this guy went 4-0. They put up 83 points in the first game, 91, 95, and 94 in the remaining three games. So if anything goes similar to those games, which in, clearly in game one, it didn't at all, I think we'll see both of these teams get back towards how they played in the regular season in tonight's game. The average... Uh, for the regular season, the, the total, both teams average a combined 177, which is far above what the total ended at in that first game. Doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to play on the over 163 and a half in this game, but I definitely think we see a game tonight that is similar to what we've seen in the regular season. In terms of the series, Chicago's really got their work cut out for them. I mean, that's, that's kind of stating the obvious. The Sky are the defending WNBA champs. They won as the sixth seed last year. And they're trying to be the first team to repeat since the 2001-2002 LA Sparks. I mean, that is hard to do. And with the way that Connecticut is playing right now, sharing the basketball, wanting to slow down these games, really grind it out. They've been dictating the pace throughout the entire postseason in their series with the Wings and in this first game that we saw with uh, Chicago. So if they're still able to do that... I almost think that Connecticut's going to be the ones coming out of this series and will find themselves in a spot in the championship series. I just think Connecticut has a lot of weapons that can match Chicago's depth, which has been Chicago's uh, strong point all season long, is how many players they have scoring in double figures. I believe it was six throughout the entire regular season. So this is a very complete Sky team, but this is also a pretty complete Connecticut team, and it's a team that has experience a lot of times we think of Chicago as the most experienced playoff team because they won last year but between uh, Dewana Bonner Alyssa Thomas and, and their head coach Kurt Miller they're also all veterans and they know how to get a team composed down the stretch of games we saw that in game one they were the more composed team in those final few minutes which really dictated the outcome of that game so I, I don't think we can point to Chicago and say that uh, they're their experience might carry them through this series because Connecticut, if you really break it down and look, I mean, they have they have a number of players that are just as experienced in the postseason as well. But this game two, I think it goes Chicago's way. I don't think there's any way that the Sky allow themselves to go down 0-2 heading back to Connecticut in a best of uh, five series. That's just a recipe for disaster for any team trying to climb back in a series down two and on the road. So I think we see Chicago come out very strong tonight, similar to the way we did in uh, that first series against the Liberty. So I'm taking the minus one, one and a half, depending on your book, once again, in the first quarter. And I lean towards their team total over of 84 and a half.
The Storm and the Aces, the other two teams remaining. The Storm are the fourth seed, the lowest seed of those four teams. Aces obviously had the number one seed, but it was the Storm who prevailed in game one in Las Vegas. They beat the Aces 76-73. The total of that game ended at 149, which once again, the under hit by 23 in that game. The closing total was 172 and the aces were the five and a half point favorite in that game so the underdogs covered in both games and the under hit in both of those games by a very wide margin so what did the storm do well to earn the win well they outscored vegas 16-0 in fast break points 5-0 in second chance points and fast break points are usually where we see las vegas really thrive just like the sky they like to get out and run they like to play fast their offense is high powered but we didn't see much of that in that first game the aces struggled to get into rhythm early asia wilson kelsey plum their top two scores they didn't score at all in the first quarter we saw them in the second half well, let's, <laughs> we saw Kelsey Plum in the second half get much more comfortable. The team as a whole started to attack the basket a little bit more, and so that's what brought them back into this game. But Seattle jumped on them early. They built a 15-4 lead in the first quarter. They led by 12 at the end of the first half, and, and Vegas didn't have a lead in this game until 6 minutes and 9 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So from start to finish, yeah, pretty much finish, this game was controlled by Seattle. And Jewel Lloyd for Seattle came up absolutely huge in the fourth quarter. I, I feel like I've talked about her in numerous uh, capacities over this season and her fourth quarter performances. She's a, a player that steps up huge in the fourth quarter, despite how she's played the entire game. There's been, there's been games when she hasn't scored at all until late in the fourth quarter and then goes off for a string of points, which is exactly what she did. She scored 10 of the team's 16 final points, uh, or fourth quarter points, I should say, and that included their final six points of the game, resulting in a victory for the Seattle Storm. Brianna Stewart, 24 points. Jewel Lloyd was the only player with more. She had 26. Tina Charles, though, 13 points, 18 rebounds. Are you kidding me? She had five offensive rebounds as well. That's a franchise playoff record for Tina Charles. And then Sue Bird, two points. What is she doing? Kidding. She had 12 assists. Broke a record for playoff assists for the entire league. She now has 342 playoff assists, and she did that in 52 games. The record she passed, well, that was Lindsay Whalen's. She had 341. Guess how many games it took her to do that? 82. So if my math is correct, which I am not a math person whatsoever, my brain literally does not function in numbers, but that's, uh, she beat her by 30 games to get to that point, which is very impressive. So Sue Bird, really not wanting her career to end. Uh, she, she maybe doesn't score a whole lot, but uh, that's her entire career is, is she's a passer. She can drop those dimes and 12 assists in that game is really what led Seattle and set up players like Brianna Stewart and, and Jewel Lloyd to score the way they did. On Vegas' side, Chelsea Gray led with 21 points. Kelsey Plum had 20, but she was 2 of 10 from three-point land. So I expect that number to get much better in this second game. Jackie Young had 11 points, 5 assists. Most improved player award winner Jackie Young is. We'll talk about that in a second. But Asia Wilson, the leader of this team, only 8 points. She was 3 of 10 from the field, and she only had one shot attempt in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, if you are a MVP caliber player, and you're only taking one shot in the fourth quarter when your team is... is making a comeback there's something wrong with that she's got to get going I I don't 
again, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to these games, so I, I didn't get a chance to watch this game. And I'm not sure if it was her teammates weren't finding her or she wasn't making herself available because a couple things I read is that, well, her teammates need to get her the ball more. Uh, they need to pass more. Kelsey Plum taking too many shots. But is Asia Wilson putting herself in a situation in which she is making herself available for players to get her the ball? Because it goes both ways. If a player is not setting themselves up, they can't expect their teammates to find them. I think in this game, we see an Asia Wilson that comes out and shows exactly why she is in the MVP race. She needs to be much more aggressive, not only on offense, which is obvious after that game, but on defense too, because the saying goes, we've heard it for years, defense turns into offense, and that's where she can start to get her offensive game flowing a little bit more on that defensive end. But either way, the Aces aren't going to win this series if their best player is only putting up eight points and taking one shot in the fourth quarter, which she missed, by the way. So didn't score at all in the fourth quarter, but that can't happen for a team who's the number one seed in this playoffs. And the Aces beat the uh, Storm 3-1 to one this regular season. They covered in three of the four games. First one, they were a five-point favorite. They covered that. Uh, they covered as a two-and-a-half-point underdog in the third game and then covered as six-and-a-half-point favorites in their final game of the season against the Storm. We saw this line open at Aces minus six. It's down to Aces minus five-and-a-half at most places, and I'm going to play on the Aces tonight. I played on them the other night, and that didn't go very well. I was 0-2 in those two games. But no, 0-1. I only had one play because I missed the Sky game. Um, but I, I played on the aces to cover in that first game and they clearly didn't, but I'm going to go back to the well and play on them to cover again, minus five and a half. Similar to the sky. I don't think the aces want to go to Seattle down 0 and two in this series. That's a tough place to be in. The total for this game is set at 170. It's only surpassed 170 during the regular season between these uh, two teams by uh, on one occasion, one occasion it tied 170. Uh, so a push there, but otherwise all the numbers have stayed under, including the first game in this series. So no play on the total for me, but I do think Las Vegas covers this number. And I think they do because, one, of their performance the other night, but two, Jackie Young, most improved player of war. She's the Aces guard. She's the number one pick in the 2019 draft coming out of Notre Dame. Asia Wilson was just named Defensive Player of the Year. Clearly her offense... Um, wasn't there in the first game, but all, all season long, her defense has been there. So you're seeing these Aces players get rewarded and recognition for the efforts that they put forth all year long. And in a game like this, when you're down 0-1 on your home floor and you're just, just was announced that you're winning awards, you're going to want to come out and show people exactly why you deserve to win that award. And I think we see that both from Jackie Young, who had a solid game in that first game, but also from Asia Wilson, uh, again, both offensively and defensively after winning that Defensive Player in the Year award. But Jackie Young, career high this season in points, 15, just under 16 points, uh, four and a half rebounds, one and a half steals this year is what she's averaging. Last year averaged just uh, over 12 points, only one rebound. But this is the difference in this year, and this is why she's won this award and why she's been so improved this season. She made five threes last year, and in her first three seasons in the league, she only made 22 combined. Well, this season, she's made 50 total threes, so surpassed uh, all of those first three seasons, and is shooting 43% from the three-point land. So she's made herself into a uh, three-point threat night in and night out and really forced teams to have to guard her on the perimeter, which then opens up her game uh, elsewhere and opens up you know, lanes for teammates and, and opens the floor for 
the Aces as a whole. So much deserved in that most improved player award. Okay, so to recap my plays for these two games, the Connecticut Sun and the Chicago Sky, I'm taking the Sky in the first quarter. One in, minus one and a half. That's what it's at uh, right now at most of the legal sports books. So we'll play it at that number. What is that right now? Minus one and a half. Uh, I'll take that in the first quarter. And then we have the Las Vegas Aces minus five and a half against the Storm tonight in Las Vegas. Both home teams down 0-1 and looking to even the series as they head back uh, to their opponents' home arenas for the first time in this series. And, I mean, the Sky and the Aces, their favorite, but teams uh, that win game one on the road in a best-of-five series have won eight of the 12 series in WNBA playoff histories. So this isn't just a shoe-in that uh, the Aces and Sky will bounce back. They're the better team. They still uh, have control over the series. I mean, if they don't win tonight, these series could end pretty quickly as we head back to both Connecticut and Seattle. That's all for this episode. We'll be back on Friday. I promise you we will be back on Friday. And we'll recap these games and look ahead to Sunday's games. Game three in both of those series is on Sunday afternoon. So we'll look ahead to those lines. Week one of college football is on Saturday. I'm super pumped for it. Diving into a few more games. I'm uh, going to make some final plays uh, today and tomorrow, and I'll be tweeting those out. So be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Kate Constable. Also jumping back on TikTok. Again, consistency in September on all platforms. That's uh, the word of the month. So you can find me on TikTok, at Kate Constable. I'll also be posting some pics there. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. All bets. They are back on, and we will see you on Friday.